I actually don't have a lot of uh, like memories from like when I was little, like before I was seven years old. Uh, I have like flashes of family weekends at the river, like followed by a lot of parties. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my dad's side of the family, they praise alcohol a lot. So what I remember is a lot of like parties, but ending in arguments and chaos. So that's probably what uh, highlights the most. I am sure I had very joyful memories. If not, I would have not become the person I am today. But to be fairly honest, if you ask me what is the first memory of a memory of what you remember the most, that'll be it. Right. <laughs> so can you tell us um yeah, your where you're originally from and um tell us a bit more about what you're working on to give us some context. Okay. Yeah. I'm originally from Panama, raised and born here in the city. Uh, when, uh, when you ask me like what I do, um, I'm trying to work like in not defining me as a certain thing, you know, like women this age, you know, I do marketing. So um, I think I am work in process. I'm always trying to learn something new. Uh, I find myself growing a bit more and challenge myself uh, like, trying not to be ever comfortable with what I do. My profession is marketing. Uh, I have done marketing for more than 17 years. Uh, but right now, I'm hoping to make the difference in the life of entrepreneurs uh, in Panama who are seeking to develop their ideas and make their businesses like a reality and probably do not have the resources or the guidance from a professional. So I'm trying to use everything that I learned from working in multinational companies like P&G or PepsiCo and make them in a simpler way that an entrepreneur can take it for their own value proposition or business idea. Cool. That, that sounds really interesting. It, it sounds as though there was a bit of a transition there, there, correct? Like you went from sort of working with bigger corporations to working with entrepreneurs. I'm curious, like what, what, um, what made you, change or go through that transition is it something that you discovered or, or you just kind of found your calling yeah <laughs> uh, I, I had been working for multinational companies probably i think 12 years mm -hmm. um when i actually had a personal situation my sister from my dad's side passed away Oh, and it was like the very first time that I found like someone close to me passing away, meanwhile I was away from home. So it made me really question what was more important in my life, if, if it was to live in the U.S. and make six figures uh, salary, mm -hmm. or if it was to come back and do what I'm supposed to be doing, that is to give love. And to give love, I have to use the talents that I have and put it in use for other people. So... I packed all my stuff in Manhattan and I mm. came back to Panama <laughs> with no job. Wow. Wow. I, I'm actually in New York uh, at the moment myself. Um, so, nice. Oh, yeah. it's hairy there. I have a group of friends in WhatsApp and I know that they are having yeah. a very tough time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're in, uh, we're in the eastern. We live in the eastern side of New York, so Queens, um, which okay. is going through a pretty rough moment, like you say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like at the moment, we're going through quite an unusual time. Um, but I'm curious, like, have you come across any new opportunities that you have now that you didn't have, say, you know, a month ago? 
Yeah, I think that all this online thing is has just exploded in Latin America and Central America. You know, we were behind, especially if you think of Central America. So now I, I think that yeah, we have a lot more possibilities here with technology and apps and uh, even helping people to take their businesses online. Even for me, joining the virtual community uh, was a great idea because now, now I'm even thinking I can have a co-working virtual for uh, Central American people. And it's a good platform for me to share what I know and to have people come and feed from each other. So I do believe it's a, it's a great opportunity. I think in less than a month, I have met you. I have met like two other people in the co-working space. And we have had chats and built on each other businesses. So definitely, I, I think there is a lot of opportunity. We just have to look for them and keep like a positive um, outlook to what today seems chaos. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, for me, um, discovering a community like this was really, um, yeah, it was great. You know, being able to connect with people like you, um, everyone who's come on the podcast. Um, We've got, you know, co-working groups, like you say, being able to bring this to other, these kinds of opportunities to other people as well is really, yeah, it's a really good mission to have. And, um, you know, speaking of ambitions and, uh, and successes, can you tell us what your greatest success, um, you, what you would consider to be your greatest success to be? Um, in your... yeah, I, I will have to share that one with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that is my education and continuous willingness to learn and grow uh, because I have done it always since I'm little. Um, my mom used to say that the only thing we would take to the grave was our, our education. And I think I took it to heart. And I have been a nerd. I study a lot. I read a lot. I uh, listen to whatever podcast I think is going to teach me something new. Uh, even I had to learn all the digital space in the last two years working for a university. Uh, so I think I'm, I'm, I'm just very proud of what I have been able to learn in such a fast uh, pace. I remember having a boss and he told me, Jamie, you may not be the smarter one, like you may not take it the very first time, but you are the one who worked the most, hence you end up being the best. Uh, but And it's just that I give the best that I have to everything I do. It doesn't matter how small it is, even if it's cleaning my house, like I give it the best. <laughs> yeah, give it your best shot. Yeah, fantastic. And um, on the flip side, can you, can you think of really big challenges that you've, you've managed to overcome? Um, I think it's, it's also uh, personal uh, because in business, you know, a challenge at the end become an opportunity and you always have to make a decision so you always end up overcoming the challenges from one way or the other but personally i think it's where i have um, had the most challenge and it's in letting my guard off so uh, it is continuous challenge for me when when i'm like in an unclear unstable territory i portray myself like as too strong and accessible like way too strong and sometimes I uh, people may perceive that I'm like um, too far away from reach uh, like I am too high in a pedestal because I'm too correct too strong everything is too perfect 
And at the end, inside, there's a woman who is afraid, like fighting for all the insecurities. But I think I have to become more vulnerable and let people see that so that I can have stronger, deeper relationships uh, with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great that you have that, that sort of awareness. Um, self-awareness, I guess you could say. I told you I'm in there right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking of self-awareness, if, if you could go back to, you know, the 18-year-old version of yourself <laughs> and say, you know, Jamilet, here's some advice for you. What would you say to um, your 18-year-old version? Well, I would say, like, enjoy more, worry less, about what others are gonna think about you, whether you are being perceived as having good intentions or not. I would just celebrate myself more, like uh, stop and take a, you know, perspective and being able to say, hey, you got it, good job, pause, like relax. And it's not that I always have to be striving at getting to the next thing. Yeah, I think I will be a lot more relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> So do you, so when you were 18, were you, um, were you like quite sort of stressed or, you know, you're taking things too seriously, I guess, would you say? Too seriously. Yeah. Like I used to take six, seven subjects. Uh, I had the blessing to go to the U.S. Uh, with a scholarship. Yeah. And we, we could take whatever amount of majors we wanted within four years. I took uh-huh. three because I kept studying i keep putting more subjects and getting into more groups and it's just because i guess it was ambition yeah i call it grit i love that book (laughs) i call it grit because i don't think it was negative it's not like i wanted to be the richest woman ever i just wanted more more i was eager to i was hungry but for knowledge yeah yeah i guess a blessing and a curse right Mm. you know in some ways it's Um, and also, um, do you have um, something that, you know, it, we've got a bit of time on our hands, obviously, with the current situation, um, but do you have like a one book or podcast or a movie or something like that that you would really recommend uh, for our listeners um, to uh, to go and check out that's a favorite of yours? Okay, wow. Um, there's a book that uh, came into my life, I think, when I was going to the uh, biggest decision that I had to make, and it was the decision to come back to, the, uh, to Panama. Uh, it was a hard decision for me because for me, the U.S. was, you know, the dream. I finally made it there. I was making a lot of money. I was close to getting promoted in my job. So I was having a very hard time deciding on whether it was the right time to come back to Panama. So spare me a little with my story I promise it will be good (laughs) (laughs) so as you know I was living in New York uh, and um, at the point where my sister passed away and I went back uh, I started even having nightmares about the decision on whether it was the time to come back or not and because I'm so rational I used to make all these meditations and exercises. I will have lists of good and bad, how I feel, when I feel excited, when I wouldn't. Like, it was too rational. And at some point, I decided to seek guidance. And I went to the Church of San Francis of Assisi near Madison Square. Mm. And uh, while I was in the waiting room, waiting for a nun who was going to, like, take care of me, there was a lot of books. And I pick up one of those books and I open it in a random page. I will never forget page 41. 
and the page, the page said this. I'm going to read it to you. I wrote it down. It says, we feel empty and incomplete because we are missing out on so much of life, constantly living at the fringes as through a glass, darkly, away from the action, unable to completely soar through the riddle of life at the door without a key, unable to fully enter. And I started crying. <laughs> and that's when I realized that that's how I really felt, that I had been always chasing something and I wasn't really complete and, and I had not found the true happiness. And I, I bought the book. That book is named Restless Heart. And with that book is that I learned that my mission was to love. And the only way I could love is to use my talents to serve other people. And that's where I started the second part of my life, <laughs> mm -hmm. that I came back home and I started looking at, okay, discover your talents, how to use your talents, what really you could use, et cetera. Yeah, but I love that book and I refer to it every time. I want to like touch ground and, and remember that what is most important is to do what I love and to give it to other people. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, well, I'll, we'll have to go and check that one out. So yeah, do you have like a paper copy or do you, is it on Kindle or do you, it's a do, paper is it, is copy. It, yeah. Are you, are you able to lend it to people and then, you know, make sure they give it back to you? No way. <laughs> I won't lend that yeah. one. <laughs> I'll send you pictures of the pages if you want, but I will yeah. not lend you that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it means a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and finally, Jamilet, um, if you could send the whole world uh, an email right now, uh, what, what would that email say? Um, <clears throat> well, besides, of course, telling them that in my heart, if they are being touched by this situation, I am praying for them. Um, I think I would tell us all uh, to be accountable for what is happening to us. Um, I think it's time for us to define how we're going to serve our community and our society uh, with what God has given us. Uh, we have put the, um, I think, the um, priority to things that are so superficial. Like uh, now you see people frustrated because they are at home and they cannot read a book and enjoy a movie and just stay quiet. And I think that we have created that to ourselves. Like right now there are people depressed or complaining about, you know, being in quarantine and the government or whatever we want to say. But all those are just excuses for not doing what we need to do. And I think that if we are smart, we take this time to go inside and uh, to really try to connect. And if we do believe in God, then strengthening our relationship with God and uh, really finding those gifts and promise to God that, hey, if we get out of this, we're going to put it to work and we're going to take action. We are not going to be looking at a movie like everything that happens outside doesn't touch me because I'm good. It's time to get into action, get, in, get on it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think you put it very well. I, as we, you know, as this whole situation started unraveling, I was thinking to myself, like, where's the movie that said this kind of thing would happen? You know, I'm like trying to remember. There must have been a science fiction movie. It's like, no, this is uh, completely unprecedented, isn't it? Um, but it does seem like we are in the movie. It's like, yeah. I cannot believe every time I, I stop watching the news, um, but I do check on cities. 
and how they're doing. As you know, I lived in the U.S. I have friends that I love a lot in Dallas, New York, California, yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. So I lived like in five different cities in the U.S. So uh, definitely um, I'm always looking how everyone is doing and doing all these Zoom meetings just to yeah, yeah, <laughs> keep yeah. in touch. Um, but it's definitely a hard situation and I think it's totally okay to feel sad and to feel at some point like we are so fragile, it's yeah. so vulnerable. Um, yeah. We don't know. To, tomorrow it could be you know, my mom, my sister, who is uh, infected. So I think that is the first time ever in my life that I feel so vulnerable, that yeah. I have no control whatsoever. I can only pray and wish for the best. Yeah. And I'm curious, um, you, you mentioned that, um, you know, you try not to look at the news too much but you stay connected to the places that you, you know, you're obviously close to. Um, do you have a good way of filtering information or news? Because that's something I'm trying to do myself. <laughs> you know, I'm not opening any more uh, WhatsApp messages that I yeah. like uh, pictures, you know, when it's like pictures, I don't open them. Uh, unless it is from two groups, three groups, actually, my family. Yeah. Yeah. that we already promised to each other that we're going to send uh, memes <laughs> so we can laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and news that has to do with, you know, uh, next uh, instructions from the government. Yeah. Uh, I have a second group that is uh, three girlfriends. Uh, uh -huh. We also are using our group to share when we are sad or we need like someone to uplift us. Yeah. And to use it to share all the positive things that we can say to each other. So definitely when they send a picture or something, I know it's a positive message. Yeah. yeah and yeah. the third group is from church. And also from church, oh, we said yeah. no message, no news. So on those, I do download. On the rest, I just try to see if it's something that is worth downloading or not. Yeah. And on Instagram, I just pass quickly whatever is not worth seeing. I don't see it. Yeah. And um, I don't see the news on TV. I actually don't even have a cable. Uh, uh -huh. I have Netflix, uh, which I have only turned on once, but it was on Saturday after like 22 days of being in quarantine. So I have, I'm doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do look in the internet. So I do to our local um, TV channel, and that's where I see the news on Panama. Yeah. And then I go to Who to see the numbers from uh, all the cities that matters uh, to me. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I generally... Discipline. Sorry, say again? Discipline. <laughs> yeah, discipline. That's that's right, discipline. Yeah, it's important. Um, I, I generally try to find the discipline to just avoid all news as much as I can during most of the day. But sometimes, you know, in the evening, you know, I've decided, okay, I'm going to stop work. And then I'll look through the news and it's just so depressing. It's like, <laughs> it's, and it's like, I don't think it's actually that good for my mental health. It just, it just makes me go, oh, holy moly, you know, what's the world coming to? Um, so, you know, I'm still looking for ways to just, you know, I, th I think, you know, it's good to be informed about what's going on in the world, but is that, like you say, there's only so much you can control, right? So yeah, I'm just looking for ways to just filter that information that's like something I can do yeah. with and make actionable mm -hmm. and like make the world a better place. And another thing I find, you know, like you, like you say, you know, you, you make sure that you keep in touch with the people that are close to you. That's another thing I, you know, I'll, 
try and, you know, just like completely ignore all the news because I'm going to hear about it anyway, because someone's going to tell me, I'm going to jump on zoom with someone and they're going to tell me, you know, so, or my wife Mm -hmm. will tell me, you know, so, um, so that's my sort of argument for the information diet, but I'm still looking for better filters. Yeah. I watch a YouTube video Mm -hmm. and uh, it's from a priest, a Catholic priest, I think in like Florida. And he said, you know, every news that you receive, you have to pass it through three filters. Yeah. The filter of truth, whether it's from a truthful source. The second one is the filter of intention. You know, is it going to be good to you or not? Yeah. And the third one is that if the, uh, is the, um, filter of importance is this relevant to you or not yeah and sometimes I do see like you know it came from someone yes that I do care but I see the trail and I'm like you know I don't think it's gonna add anything good to my day so I just don't 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 open it yeah no that's that's really great I I I do find it difficult though because sometimes it's like I'm thinking of uh, some friends of mine who who are entrepreneurs themselves and they went on uh, Dragon's, like the UK's version of Shark Tank, which is called Dragon's Den. And so they went on and, they, and we did this viewing party. And so we, we saw them on, on TV. And uh, they, they, they were in the, the Dragon's Den for like two hours. And they got grilled and they, they, you know, they're very entertaining personalities. And so they thought they made really great TV, but the, the TV program only showed them for like five, 10 minutes and that was it. So they just had like this brief cameo and they completely like distorted what actually happened. So they were just like, yeah. So it it didn't, it it had very little resemblance to the actual reality. So it just makes you think, you know, you see something like that and I've, I've watched dragon's dens before and you know, I'll go, Oh, like don't those guys look a bit silly or this or that. But in, in actual fact, a lot of the time, it's just the, yeah, the, the TV is just distorted. The story, the story yeah. they want to make of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, what, so. and, what, and what sells and what yeah. we believe, what gives them rating at the end. Yeah, Drama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But I, I like those filters that, um, that you're, uh, you're, it was a, it was a, um, a minister in, in Florida, right? Yes. Mentioned. Yeah, those are good. Great. So thank you so much, uh, Jamilette. Um, finally, um, if there's one um, place where people can find and connect with you and find out more about your your background and what you're up to, where's the best place for them to do that? I am very active on Instagram. So mm-hmm. in my address there is Jami G. Cavo. So that's kind of hard for someone to probably remember. <laughs> that's Y-A-M-I-G-C-A-L-B as in Victor O. And my website is yc-consulting.com. Awesome. That one is easier. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll have those in the, in the show notes as well. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Shamilet. Um, that was uh, Thank really... you so much for having me too. Yeah, it's a pleasure.